titles. Go. The Gray. African Viking. 2% black. Have you tried not being diabetic? <laughs> One of three. I saw some jiggling. Strain your bagels. Cuvante Crocsbearer the Gray. Not Helen Keller. Resume Wizard. <laughs> Mary and Barry. Sandwich Book. Who's rich? I'm rich. Hugs on the fields. Let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm you. Words. <laughs> I'm Kev. Carlos. Pedro. I'm Jack. Guys, what's got you geeked? Well, I got something for it. Why, you want to go first, Kev? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I didn't quite successfully slice my uh, fingerprints off on Friday, so that's good. Um so I had a pretty bad knife accident trying to open a thing of cheese. Uh, I also discovered this stuff. Have you had this yet? The Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream? How is I've it? I've heard about it. Crap, it's amazing. So I heard somebody else say it was good. And I, you know, I was like, ah, Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. You know, Bought a 12-pack. Holy cow. It's it's actually really, really good. It's It's got that real strawberry flavor. It doesn't taste like fake strawberry. Like, I don't even know how they do that. But that's not what has me geeked. Um, what has me geeked is I finally got my Ancestry DNA kit results back. Now, do we know the story? Did I tell the story? on? I, I don't know if I told the story. You know anything about this, Paul? Nope. Okay. So a while back, I get a text message from my ex-wife showing the screenshot of uh, my middle daughter, Ella's DNA test, because apparently they did DNA tests. And she's like, look, she has some African in her. And lo and behold, it was like something in Tobago, someplace in Africa. So I'm like, Hmm. So I immediately ordered a DNA test because, you know, I, as far as I knew, I was Polish and, you know, racist because, you know, there's there's my mom's side and my dad's side of the family. And I'm like, I, I don't know how any black could have gotten in there. Um, so I did, did a DNA test. I, <laughs> I, I got the results back. And lo and behold, there actually I have two. I have that and I have um, a Ghana tribe something um here i can pull it up in two seconds i should have had this ready i'm sorry uh it was benin togo and you know, eastern bantu peoples so i i had two percent so first thing i did was sent that picture to my ex-wife and i said with the caption i guess you don't have any explaining to do <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it was me um 
And then I immediately got thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I have, you know, I am uh, almost 2% black. Now, what would somebody normally do with that? I thought really long and hard about this. And I was going to write a bit about, you know, 10 things I can do now. And then, I, you know what? Every single middle-aged white guy, probably every single, you know, 20s white guy who gets a DNA test, who finds this out, finds some subtly racist, humorous way to bring it out and, and talk to people about it. I'm like, you know, what? we're not going to do that. You know, everybody comes from the, the the cradle of life anyway, and it's just kind of cool that I'm not completely white. However, I also discovered by uploading my ancestry DNA into a historical DNA site that I have, I am, I a lot of you know Europe, Eastern European, a lot of Scottish, but a whole lot of Viking, like three different kinds of Viking from three nice. different places, which was pretty awesome. So I told my wife this. She comes back to me because she had been talking to our former boss, Amity, um, who no longer works with us, but we're, we we go down. She's the person we visit in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They came up with my my new name since I have 2% oh, African boy. blood and oh, I'm a Viking. Boy. My new name is Huvante Crocsbearer. With a hyphen, Crocsbearer. I'm like, all right, all right. I, I could. That, that's pretty cool. That's a better joke than I could have made with it. So I'm glad somebody else did the heavy lifting for me, and I didn't embarrass myself on this podcast. Uh, but it's been a pretty interesting week so far. Outstanding. That's cool. That's yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So, how much Viking did you say? Uh it was. I, there's not a percentage three on three different that. sources. Three different sources. Yes. So three different women in your probably life probably were raped by vikings is that, what that that's that's probably what it is it was okay. probably three different women in my family were raped by vikings but i can tell you exactly what it was um it was uh celtic vikings uh visit i shit i don't have it all here um was it three different right. women or one woman all raped by three different I, Vikings? I, <laughs> I, I'm guessing that it's it's three women raped by three different Vikings. Okay. Um, from, because, from three different distinct areas. Correct, correct. But also there was Visigoth in there, which they were kind of like, you know, Vikings without ships, sort of. There was a lot of violence. There's actually more than that. There's like six or violence. seven different groups that I come from that are all about violence. I also found out I have the sprinters gene. Yeah, yeah, and I have the endurance or uh, long runners endurance or no, what was it? It was I have two sports related genes that clearly skipped me, you know. But I did end up luckily with my African heritage with the uh, you know the the barbecue and collard greens gene, and now I don't have to feel bad when you know we go to a family event and you know my wife's black relatives kind of sneak up and say, "Hey, what's your collard greens recipe?" But they try to keep it all quiet because they don't want to be asking me that. Yeah, there's like, hey, a white you know, guy joke. Yeah, it had to be in there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe your name Dude, is Usain. you don't know. I make some kick-ass collard greens. Maybe you're the soul and soul. But you do. Maybe your African name could be Usain Bolt Allen or something like that. I don't know. No, no, it's, it's... Huvante Croxbear. I know. Program. No, but your African side, not your Viking side. I'm saying that's, that's Huvante. Huvante. Huvante is the oh, African. Okay. Croxbearer, because I wear Crocs all the time, is the Viking. Oh, I know. It's both of them together. Can can we just add one little, like almost like an Esquire thing on the end of it, and cut and and just add the gray? I'm okay with that. All right. Yeah. 
Who wants to go next? I'm good. That just made my night right there. <laughs> um, all right, fine. Let's stop the silence. Um, what's got me geeked is pretty cool, I think. As you guys know, I wanted to be a teacher at one point. A couple of my friends are like um, really upset with their current job. So I was like, look for another job. And they're like, well, I'm just not good at it. I'm like, all right. So like I do this um, program and I actually um, do it for a couple hundred dollars and I get paid for it. But with my friends, I'm doing it for free. So we do their resume, we do a mock interview, and then we send them on their way. So it's like um like a little mentoring program. So a couple of my friends have a couple of job interviews this upcoming week. So like when I first saw their resumes, I'm like, oh my God. Like, of course, resumes are resumes, but I've done them for such a long time. They were just piss poor. I was like, oh, this is just rough to look at. So um, it was kind of cool getting their resumes all up together. And then they did their mock interviews and they did all right, but I was just like, okay, with some of their answers, I'm like, okay, that's not the answer you want to say, but I'm um, just working with them a little bit on that. And I'm proud to say one has a job offer and the other one has a couple more interviews coming up. So in just one short week, um, they're doing pretty well. So short and sweet, they're doing good and help people do their resumes and get new jobs. There you go. You know, Jack, I, I want to talk about the resume thing and this mm-hmm. is not to be little, cause it's, it's cool that you do that. Um, mm-hmm. But resumes are made up bullshit. I know, but okay, that's what they okay, need for jobs. Here, here's my thing. Mm-hmm. You're right. Their their resumes probably were piss poor, and you had to like fluff them all up. And it's the equivalent of that that monkey with the red ass showing its ass to get a mate. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you should be able to look. This is where I work. These are the skills I have. That's how you determine who's the best person for the job, not who's the best bullshit artist or who paid the right person to make it look like you know. It bugs the shit out of me. I, yeah. It bugs me too, but like you have to play the game to a certain point to be seen nowadays with a lot of companies. Like I had an interview recently with a company. They had 60 people apply. Three people got interviews. I was one of the three and I was not selected for the job, but you have to do it. Go ahead, Kev. What are you saying? I was just going to say, sometimes sometimes resumes don't have to be fluff. They, I've helped some friends with resumes and what what I concentrate on is I, I let them tell me what they did. But what I do is I wordsmith it so that they're not being repetitive. They're not using the same words over again. They're they're actually making a statement by saying, you know, I I was good at this. I did this and I'm proud of it. So you make the statement so that it stands out by itself, so that it doesn't blend into the next one and the next one. Because if there's three bullet items under a job title, and they're three completely different things. You want them to sound like three completely different things. So that's what I concentrate on. So it's it's a it's a it's a wordsmithing so that you're not re- being repetitive. It's it's accuracy in your language so there's no misspellings, there's no mm-hmm. grammatical errors, and it's and it's correct. It's it's defensible, so that when they're asked questions about it, they can speak to whatever that was. Um, the one thing I do not support is I do not support any kind of lying or embellishing on a resume because the resume represents who you are. And if you can't, if you can't answer questions about that in a job interview, if you can't be very confident about what's on that, then you're, you're, you're not going to get the job and you shouldn't in my mind, whether you know you're or not. You're absolutely right. Um, one of my friends is in the entertainment field. We did a video resume. So that's how he did his resume. We made it tailored towards him. 
The other one is an accountant type field. And he's like, oh, wow, I like how you answered this question. I'm like, that's not what you're going to say because that's not who you are. So you have to tailor it to who you are. You're right, Hugh. Resumes shouldn't tell who you really are, but until they well, can well, get no. you in front of them. Go ahead. I, I I wasn't saying they shouldn't tell who you are. I'm just saying that they're in not in every case because Kevin makes some yeah. great points, mm -hmm. but there is a lot of showmanship yeah. there and a lot of undue stress. I think for the the applicants, okay. where really, I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, unless you're going to pull a rabbit out of your your ass, um, you shouldn't be applying for something you're not qualified for. And at least if I was hiring, that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for, you know, do I think this person can do the job? And when I was the hiring manager, um, when I saw something where I'm like, yep, they spent a lot of time flourishing this or, or whatever you want to call it. Those are the ones I would set aside because I, I, I really wasn't, if this is what they do before they even come in the door, I don't know if I, if I would necessarily trust them, um, while they were actually working there. Now, I still would interview a few if, if things were low, but I, I tend to go with people not that had bad resumes, but ones that just read like a real person said, you know what, I want this job here and my skills. That meant something to me. No, I'm probably in the a, minority there. No, you're not. Those are great points as well. When I was reviewing resumes. <laughs> you're people, right, boy. What? I said oh. I'm in the minority there. Paul, oh. Paul pointed at me. <laughs> you are kind of there. You're right. Uh, You're making yeah, the racist jokes. I just don't get it. <laughs> No, but you want to see people do well and all that stuff. So it's just at, at the end of the day, seeing one have a job and the other one looking, yeah. they got to keep going. So that's actually kind of nice. And it's kind of good that you guys know the same field as well. So that has me geek this week. Nice. <clears throat> you going to go, Corbs? I do have something, but I'll let you go. Yeah, I'll go real quick. Uh, mine isn't what's got me geeked. It's kind of what's got me pissed off, I guess. <gasps> Atlanta trips canceled. <sighs> no, no, fuck no. I'll drive myself there if I have to. Okay. <laughs> no, so you guys know, and Paul and Hugh, you guys are both on the same boat. Um, I went to pick up my diabetic medication. I'm on, I take Ozempic. And I went to pick up my medication on Friday night. I went there um, the week, a couple days before, and asked them to order me. Because they said, you know, come in and we'll order it for you. We'll give you a supply, whatever. I was like, okay. So I show up there Friday night, the girl rings it up, and it's $890. Wow. For one month. Mm -mm. I, I, looked at her, I looked at her and I said, I bet, excuse me? I said, I'm going to pay $24 for this. Why what? is it $890 for one month? And she's like, well, it has to do something with your insurance. So I was like, okay, well, so I have to call my insurance company, but the, just the shock value of right. medication that you need, like my mom's in the same boat. My mom's on Medicaid, Medicare, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I can't, I, I, same thing. You know, it's just ridiculous that she's got to pay, she pays $270 for a one month supply of the knockoff version of her diabetic medication. Wow. So, uh, I, I don't get why these medications are so damn expensive for stuff that you need to maintain your blood sugars. Well, you know, it's your fault for, you know, being diabetic. Well, that's true. No, you bring up a good point, Corbs. My, uh, one of my colleagues, his son is on a certain type of medication, and um, he was trying to get his son his medication. 
has for years, has for years. And now they're saying, oh yeah, our plan does not cover this anymore. Right. Long story short, he actually had to call the insurance company and call them back and they forgot to check off one little box and they're like, oh, now this is covered. So like maybe they can go through, jump yeah, through things yeah, and, and gotta, find you something. Yeah, I got to call my, I have to call my insurance company. I just haven't had a chance to do it because I've been super busy. They've been giving me uh, projects at work to do. So I've been uh, installed 15 laptops and docking stations uh, from Thursday, last Thursday, I did six. I did six on Thursday. I did four on Friday. I did four more on Monday. Nice. And on top of that, I've been putting together our training room. I did all the cable ma management, set up all the PCs. So I didn't break any more TVs, though. Oh, we were just going to ask that. I did hang a TV today, so I did touch a TV. Hang it? Like, lynched it? Yeah. They let you touch wow. TVs? Really? Oh, Hugh, you're going to run this all night. <laughs> well, it's Paul's fault. But no, I pretty like well that. think that's your fault, Hugh. I think you're. Uh, I think you had all these jokes ready to go. <laughs> yes, because I knew he was going to say he hung a TV. <laughs> but Corbs, when she said $890, she was probably like, Eh, $890. Like, doesn't even flinch. And it's like, what the fuck? Well, she no, she had, she at first when she when she rang it up, she's like, Did they tell you about the price of this? And I was like, No. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> and I when I looked at then I finally looked at it. I was just you know, I had my card in my hand, I was ready to pay for it. And I'm like, that's half that's half my paycheck for that one medication. So every month, one fourth of my paycheck would have to go to work towards my medication. Well, you should know better. You should not be a diabetic. Well, it, if I give you this medication, I won't be a diabetic. Stupid bullshit. Jeez. Can you do buy one, get one half off, or get one free? <laughs> my my doctor, I, I have a, I want, I want to say I have a card somewhere where my doctor said I can get it for like twenty five bucks or whatever, no matter what the cost was. If I gotta find. Yeah, it. they have like coupon programs or something that they <laughs> yeah. do with these things. Yeah. Yeah. And that but could be the other thing is like you might have had one on file that ran out. Right. But the pharmacist should be telling you that if that's the case. True. So. No, it's very serious being a diabetic, but can you like do like a punch card, like buy five and get a pizza or something like that? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's going to help with wow. the diabetes. Yeah. Right. You know, you get I a, don't know. You, you get a bag of candy. Or some shit like that. Well, you keep eating 10 pounds of tater tot casserole a week and you'll know exactly how what it's like to be a diabetic. I still eat that shit. <laughs> so that's it for me. Yeah. All right. Well, mine is um topical. Um, what's got me geeked is uh we had we had ourselves a little celebration at work today. Mm -hmm. Somebody had a birthday yesterday. Somebody who might over be over there muttering under their breath. Was Tom Selleck had a birthday yesterday? <laughs> Robert Goulet did? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we all, uh, it, it was fortuitous that I, I I had to come into work early. So me and a couple of my other, our other co-workers got together and decorated for Kevin. Um, did his whole, whole area up. He had little uh, Grogu balloons and uh, <laughs> happy birthday signs and 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 shiny doilies coming from everywhere. I believe there was a birthday tiara too, wasn't there, Kev? There was a tiara, yes, yes yeah. and, it, and it played a little song, although the battery was dead. <laughs> I didn't know it played a song. 
Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. We, uh, we all got together behind his back. What I realized yesterday when it was his birthday, I, I got with these guys. I'm like, we're all in the office together tomorrow. So let's, let's, let's make it miserable. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was a good time. There were snacks. I think, it, I think it had the opposite effect. Actually. It was, uh, it was actually kind of fun. Good. I'm glad it helped. Um, but just one last thing on, on your thing, Corbs. Um, have you tried not being a diabetic? Right, it doesn't work. Yeah. Try harder. Just, just try harder. Yeah. Oh, I think you said die harder at first. I'm like, damn. Well, well I mean, he's working on that. Yeah. That's what the insurance company wants. <laughs> yeah. Right? If he dies, we don't have to pay for his shit anymore. So <laughs> fuck him. If he dies, he dies. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, that's that that's what what had me going today was that we we got to do that for Kev. It was fun. Yeah, was fun. It was it was almost like the old days because before COVID, that's what would happen in IT is yeah. everybody's birthday would be like that, and you would get the whole thing when you came in that day, and someone would inevitably bring either a breakfast or a lunch thing, and there would be snacks and good times and so um, it'd be diabetes. Uh, diabetes all day. King of diabetes. No, Paul, I remember when I worked with you, um, there was somebody's birthday on my birthday. I'm like, oh, wow, I have this big breakfast bar. And then the guy tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, He's like no, no, Jack, not this, for you. this isn't for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get this little thing and he gets this whole big thing. And he was like, oh. Um, well, one of the one of the attorneys had his birthday today, actually. Mine was yesterday, but his was today, I think. And then they decorated his office. They did. They really did it up. They went further than we did. Yeah. yeah. Pretty funny. You should have like wrapped all of his stuff on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> How do you decorate for an attorney? Strippers and coke? Pretty Probably much. in the old days, yeah. Although I did invite dancing girls down to our uh, to the uh, IT office, and they did come down. They came down, but there was no dancing. I didn't know that was supposed to be part of the deal. I saw some jiggling. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that one either. Oh, I didn't touch it. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Let's move like Kevin, on. What, are you going to let Kevin say? Well, he's... I thought he went. Did I miss no, it? No, that's no. why I was laughing that's when you were mentioning your segment. Oh. I was just going to talk about the fact that I've been tearing my dirt bike apart, getting it ready for uh, riding season. And I've been pleasantly surprised that things are uh, not nearly as in bad a shape as, as I would expect. A lot of times bearings and stuff go bad. Uh, water gets in and, and washes away the uh, the grease and then you end up with rusty bearings and I have not had that um, in very many places luckily so it hasn't been hasn't been too awful bad and where I have found it has been very easy to uh, to mitigate so nice. that's what I've been doing awesome are we talking about your dirt bike or your legs <laughs> pretty much both yeah pretty much uh, both okay. a lot of rust and you know <laughs> getting things moving again <laughs> Okay. <laughs> mean. Yeah, <laughs> really. Who goes around, comes around. I mean, I this is true. Yeah. Hand it out. <laughs> All right. So now we can move on. Um, what is anybody playing? Has any anybody got some some gaming stories for us? Boy, oh, <laughs> looks boy. like he does. Can Can I go first? Yeah. Sure. Um, it's more of the same. I figured uh, as much. Right. The more the more I play Last of Us, 
the more I get into the story and the more I get into the show. This what what happened most recently. Um, last so last week when Joel got hurt, is everybody caught up? I don't want to. I don't yes. want to blow. <laughs> okay. So last week when Joel got hurt, what I had done is I I played through up to that point. And in order to save the game, I had to get to a certain point. Well, I thought I did. I had to get. I thought I had to get to a certain point before I could save the game. And then all of a sudden, I realized I was playing Ellie. Now that's significant for a couple of reasons. And as soon as I, as soon as I got to that point, I'm like, oh my god, I got to shut this off because I didn't want to get past the story where the story was on television. When we caught up, you know, everything catches up. We see where we're going. Um, then whatever for whatever reason i play so so we watched what the hell what the hell was the last thing that happened um so we we catch her in the in the in the house or whatever and and she's trying to take care of joel some somewhere in there i got ahead i i'm not, I don't, I'm not really sure what what happened i'm not sure story wise whatever but i got ahead and i ended up seeing how she went out and she was hunting and then she found the group and, and David and all that. And I played all through that all the way to the end of the, um, the, the, the lodge burning down and where Joel finds her. I played all the way through to the end of that. Then I see the story from this past Sunday. So I did that first. Then I see the story the whole time I'm sitting there watching the story. I'm cringing because I know what's happening. I know what's coming next. Pedro Pascal and um, Bella uh, Ramsey. Ramsey Ramsey do such an amazing job that I'm like, you know, I feel like I've already seen this. They did, you know, they obviously changed some things, but, you know, I had played through it. I knew what was going on. I knew what was happening. And then I see it being, being, being uh, portrayed on television. And it's like, it's all bringing it together for me. And I have to say, I don't know what I like better seeing it on TV first and then playing through and catching up or playing through and then seeing what happens on TV. I think both have phenomenal merit, whether you, no matter which way you do it, I think it's just a phenomenally good experience to be playing the game and watching the show all at the same time. And I, I couldn't be happier that, that I had the opportunity to, to mess around with the, with the PS4 and, and to play the game. What do you, what do you got, Jack? Did he call her baby girl in the video game at the end of the? Yeah, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Because I when he called her baby so. girl, yeah, oh, that was just that was awesome. I thought they said that was a tweak for the show. I don't know. Is a callback to his daughter. See, it's such a powerful moment when she is, you know, when she's killing this guy, you know, going to town on him. And then Joel shows up. Now it's a little bit different in game than it is in the in the show. Joel actually shows up in the in the lodge when she's you know just finishing on David, versus the show she had gone outside and that's where Joel finds her. So very, not very different, but a little different. Um, same impact either way, um, in my mind. I, I had played through it, and then of course you get to that point where. You know, she gets the machete and then she goes to town on David and you're no longer playing. You're just watching it on the game. And I sat back and I'm watching it in my eyes. I mean, I, I had to be I had to have this horribly stunned look on my face. 
I watched my wife and she had the same look on her face seeing it the first time. Then we watched the after show. You got you guys been watching the after show mm-hmm. stuff? Well, the little short one that comes yeah. right after it. Yeah. Yeah, but... yeah. So one of the game developers had said this is one of his favorite parts of the game. And what he experienced is the same thing that he watches other people experience and has watched them experience over and over again. When they get to that point, they get this, they get this look at this realization. And all of a sudden they, 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 they proclaim out, out loud. I'm Ellie. I did that. That's exactly what happened to me. And it's like, they did such a great job in the show, bringing the bringing the game onto the onto the big screen. I, I'm I'm really happy to be playing the game. And Kev, you knew David's right hand man was Joel from the video game, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I, I even though I had seen him, and I don't know the actress's name that voiced Ellie for the game, but I had seen him and her sitting in a. Uh, in a, I don't know, a area, a room having a, I saw a YouTube video where they were actually having a conversation. I think they were having a conversation about coming back for uh, the, the Last of Us 2. And they were talking about the, you know, the work they had done and what they were looking forward to do again. So I had actually seen him, but he, in this interview, he doesn't look anything like he did on TV so when when they when when they said in the after show that that was the voice of Joel, I was just like, oh my god, that's fucking cool. That's just that's just wicked cool. It was just wicked. Yeah. Cool. He, he was, what what did he say? He was like, I thought I'd be a clicker, but he's like, I took a machete. No, I took a cleaver to the neck. <laughs> he was just so happy to be part of it and to do that and to be you know be the part of that part of it. I just that was cool. It was wicked cool. See, that's kind of cool on our podcast. We have somebody playing the video game with the show side by side. So, Kevin, that's actually kind of cool. I like that. I like doing it this way. I may I may play ahead again. And Kathy actually said, my wife, she actually said that she might watch to see it because, like I, like I was telling her, I said, even though I knew what was coming, I'm still holding my breath waiting for Ellie to see what happens with the, the butcher in the game, he cuts the guy's arm off and slides it off the table. The television show is a little bit more subtle, but it but had you already known what the scene was, it was equally as impactful. And then what follows after that was, you know, it was it was right there. I'll give you a fair warning: you may not want to get into the second game early. I mean, I, I mean, this is up to you, but there's there's a pretty big moment that happens early on. That oh. I still can't believe that they're going to try to pull off on TV, but um, oh. it's it's big. Wow. Oof. I mean, you you may you may want to see that for the first time on TV. Just just saying, this is the warning. You do what you want. Yeah, I I really like that up to this point, and uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what's better. I really don't know what's better. I I just I I had such a great time with this last episode. And I'm. Oh, I'm also playing Far Cry Four. So there you go. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that on a different show. I love that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's more of the same. Still doing uh, Midnight Suns. Still working my way through that. Um, same here. Still playing Elden Ring. 
I did want to just bring up how incredible the design of this game is really briefly. Um, there's a place called uh, Nokron, the Eternal City, I believe. And it's basically a city underground. Today, I visited that. I visited this this underground city three times now, all from three different entrances, all through three different parts of the city. I haven't covered the same part, but I can see some of those other parts over cliffs. And in the, it's wow. just really neat that it's that big of a sprawling thing. I've never really experienced that in a game before. I've seen this one location from three different perspectives and recognized you know, the second and third time too, through recognized stuff I had seen before, but not just like there, there's a statue. It's like, there's a statue, you know, th there's that thing. There's that thing down there. There's that thing up there. Uh, it's, it's interesting, but. Nice. Um, I played one game. Like, I think I've told this on the podcast before, um, the virtual reality quarterback and all that. So mm -hmm. I went back and I did the Eagles versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And um, I was pleasant with the outcome. Eagles won the Super Bowl. And my no, buddy, didn't. no, my buddy has a hole in his wall now. Perfect. <laughs> because like I punched the ceiling pretty hard. And yeah, he has to patch that up. Uh, so his landlord doesn't see that. But um, <laughs> they won the Super Bowl 49 to nothing, Corbs. I was very happy. Nice. Um, but um, that ceiling has a pretty big hole now. But that's all I got. Nice. Uh, I picked up a, a game for the PlayStation 4. I picked up uh, PGA Tour 23. So I've been playing that. It's pretty fun. You get career modes. I made my son, obviously. I always do that. Even in like MLB, I'll make him and, and play as him. So it's been pretty fun. So you start out, uh, you got to win a qualifying school tournament to get into the, onto the Corn Ferry Tour. Then you got to win three tournaments there to get to the PGA. So I've already won one. I finished second in another one. So, so we'll see, nice. how, see how it goes. I haven't played it in a couple of days, but. So that's it. That's it for me. That's outstanding. Oh, well, at least everybody contributed this time. That's unusual. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. But I think it's time for Kev's tabletop review. All right, this week I've got something uh, that I heard about not not too awful long ago, actually. This game just came out. Uh, Star Wars, the deck-building game. It is a, it is a card-based game, and it really represents two things very, very well. Two things that are near and dear to my heart, and that is Star Wars and card games. So this, um, this really... For a, for a Star Wars buff, this is a this is a, a very nostalgic looking, um, very fun feeling game where you, unlike Magic, where you walk in with a deck of a deck of cards, you have to build your hand from from the start of the game. So it's a one v one one on one game, although there are uh, rules to you could actually uh, change this to a two two uh, person versus two person game. It's really best played one 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 versus one. Um, and I'll give you a little a little piece of the description. The Rebel Alliance fights valiantly against the tyranny of the Galactic Empire. Each new victory brings the rebels hope, and each heroic sacrifice strengthens strengthens their resolve. 
Still, the empire's resources are vast, and the firepower of its empire navy is unmatched, with neither side willing to accept defeat. Their war rages across the galaxy. Right from right from the original movie, just a phenomenal uh, callback, and the, the pictures on the cards really represent the uh, the characters that you expect to see in the in the movie. Um, you know, Luke and Leia and, and Darth Vader and Chewie and Han, they're all in there. Um, the idea is that the different cards contain um, points that help you attack, points that help you build resources, and points that help you defend. So there are different things that each card can do as you have them in your hand. Um, you build your ability to both take out the um the cards that your opponent may be able to draw from the center uh there are certain cards or you you lay out cards in the center and some of them might be galactic uh, empire cards some of them might be rebel cards some of them might be neutral cards and you can either buy these or you can destroy these based on whatever card you have in your hand the other part of this is the the way you win and the way you win is you have to destroy <laughs> three or four of the uh your opponent's bases and the three or four really comes into whether or not you play it as a beginner type game or as a normal or advanced type game and um you you would you destroy those bases by using those those hit abilities those attack abilities on each one of your cards if you can build enough of them if you can spend enough of those hit points on your uh enemy's rebel or enemy's bases then you get you get to uh, kill that base and, and and win that point. Now there's a there's a phenomenal write up as usual on boardgamegeek.com. I'm going to walk walk you through a little bit of the stats for this. This is a two player game. Uh, the 30 to 45 minutes. They say 30 minutes. Uh, the reviews I saw said expect to be able expect to go 45 minutes, especially if it's your first time. Ages 12 and up, uh, and a weight of 2.17 out of five. So right in this sweet spot for what I like for a game that is um, uh, easily accessible to many, many people. One of the reviewers I, I watched, uh, some of the review videos, it was actually a playthrough. They talked about the instructions that are inclu included with this game and how detailed they are and how great this game is if you've never played a deck building game before. So... This makes this a phenomenal gateway deck building game. If you like Star Wars, if you're interested in this sort of a card game, this can be the one that you get to, to help you learn about deck builders and, and what the mechanics are behind that. And I think this is, uh, it, it sounds like a, it, it just a fantastic game. Just came out, it's a 2023 release. Um, very uh very anticipated by many play uh many of the of the of the board game geek uh clan you know the people that that, that participate in the site so this is something that i i'm i'm really happy to have found and i'm i'm really happy to bring to you definitely look it up if you get the chance star wars the deck building game 2023 and uh yeah def definitely check this out now i haven't looked at the prices that's the one thing that I did not tell you guys. Oh, it looks like oh, it's not it's not inexpensive. 
it looks like uh, $38 to $45, wherever you're going to find it. Now, it is brand new. Um, they probably have to pay a, a franchise fee. You know, there's that, that Star Wars brand down there. Disney's got to get their cut. So um, maybe wait till it's out a little while. Or like I say, if you're, if these are something you're looking for, if you're looking for something new for you and your, your, uh, um, your significant other or, or your buddy that you would, you like to play games together, this, this might be worthwhile. I think it's definitely going to find its way into my game cabinet. Awesome. Or pick it out when you're at Star Wars Celebration next month. Never know. That's kind of a sore there. point, Jack. Why'd you have to? I say know. That? I'm I'm doing it for our own well being. I know it's very sore. <laughs> it's the opposite bitch. of what you just did. I just want very very happy to say. I know. Yeah. All right. And then note, how about we throw it to commercial? We'll come back for the news. Stick with us, folks. Hi, this is Craig Palmer. If you ever aspire to be a wrestler, come on down to Upstate Wrestling Entertainment, located at 1121 Glenwood Avenue, 90 New York. We're open every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 p.m. till 9 p.m. Come on down and join us. See you then. <laughs> Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. Now, before we just roll over and give every award everywhere to everything everywhere all at once at the Oscars this Sunday, here's the news. First up, James Gunn, you have failed, Mark Guggenheim. Arrowverse co-creator Mark Guggenheim has expressed frustration over having not been contacted by James Gunn and Peter Saffron as they plot the DC Cinematic Universe going forward. He stated, I assumed they would assemble some kind of brain trust to help facilitate what I assumed, hoped, would be a vision as ambitious as the DC Universe deserves. But I'll be honest, I would have liked to have gotten at least a meeting, not a job, mind you, a meeting, a conversation, a small recognition of what I tried to contribute to the grand tapestry that is the DC universe. I'd only spent nine years toiling in that vineyard, after all. Although working for DC has been creatively fulfilling, it involved a lot of adversity, challenges, and personal sacrifices, none of which seem to have accrued to any professional benefit. Simply put, the Arrowverse hasn't led to any other gigs, so it feels like, at least on a career 
level that I really wasted my time. So basically, he feels like the rest of us do about the Arrowverse. Next up, hail to the cartoon, baby. It seems Bruce Campbell may not be as done with the iconic character of Ash Williams from the Evil Dead franchise as previously believed. Speaking with Bloody Disgusting to promote the release of Evil Dead Rise recently, Campbell confirmed that an animated project set within the Evil Dead universe is being developed. He told them, all I can say is we're actively pursuing it. Sam's a busy guy. He had a big hit movie. He's got a lot on his plate, but he and his brother are actively shaping out the world. It's one thing to get an animator and say, hey, animate this. You've got to know what you're going to animate. I look forward to it because my voice hasn't aged as much as I have. I think Sam Axe would, would agree with him, but Briscoe County Jr. would probably say to hell with an old age and kill himself trying to appear in live action again. He never was that smart. I mean, who plays football into their mid-40s with concussion issues? I, I mean, Axe. Physically Axe. Into... Never mind. And finally, some dads give their kids Legos. Hellboy is returning to the silver screen with a second reboot in three years. Actor Jack Kessie, I believe it is, will be replacing David Harbour, who replaced Ron Perlman in the upcoming Hellboy, The Crooked Man. Being described as a folksy horror story, it will show us a younger Hellboy and a rookie BRPD agent in a small community haunted by witches led by a local... Who'd have thought? I just have to ask, is Hellboy the new Batman or the new Spider-Man? I mean, how did this even happen? Don't get me wrong, I love this character in the comics and the movies, but how does a not popularly known comic book character end up getting rebooted over and over again? Why aren't there five Rocketeer movies by now? Who are the film execs going, you know what we need? Another Hellboy reboot. In a world where we get a new Evil Dead movie every decade or so, somehow Hellboy gets asked to the prom every few years. I just don't know how this happens. And that's the news, kids. Now, remember, if you find yourself without an answer, you can always rely on Avery to light your way. So keep these three things in mind. It's always your electric magnet, electromagnetic foot leeches. Make sure to strain your bagels. And finally, always lick your grandpa's popsicle. She doesn't even have a grandpa, so no idea where that could have come from. Paul? In other news, Buzz Aldrin was the first man to pee his pants on the moon. Back to you, Corbs. Like to do that? How do you follow that? You want to pee? But you want to pee Buzz Aldrin's pants on the moon? <laughs> Whatever. But you'd have to be in Buzz Aldrin's pants. Why don't you just say it? you want to be in Buzz Aldrin's pants? Some pretty, pretty big pants to fill. I mean, he's kind of a small guy, isn't he? Well, the suits are big regardless. Uh, yeah, That's true. true. Hey, wait, I mean, he pees in his suit all the time. But he did it on the moon first. He was the first one on the moon to do it, I guess. All right. That's well, whatever. What the book says. And the book's always right. The good book, yes. What about the Martian that's on the moon? What about Marvin the Martian? Wouldn't he be on Mars? Yeah, you, you're talking about moonshins. It's true. Good point. <laughs> uh, not much going on sports-wise, except for the news that hit today, Jack. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Beheim will not be back as SU's basketball coach. Don't know if he was fired. Did you, I don't know if you watched the press conference. They showed a little bit on ESPN today. Um, 
he basically made it seem like he was being asked to step down. They kept asking with now he's now he said in the interview that he gave his retirement speech on Saturday and nobody really caught it that now. I don't know. I didn't see the game on Saturday. Um but um when they kept asking him, he said, Well it's 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 not me you need to talk to, it's the university. So he kept deferring it to them to them, saying, You well, you gotta talk to them. It's not me, you gotta talk to them. Not me, you gotta talk to them. So I don't know if I don't know if he was basically told he could walk away and not be fired. Like he could, you know, retire and not be let go as kind of not as kind of a way as to not disgrace his legacy legacy here. Legacy here. Um, so I think that's kind of what it was. They kind of, I think they might've come to him and said, Hey, we're not going to have you back, but we're not going to fire you either. So you might just want to say to everybody you're retired and we'll either leave, leave or we're going to take you to that farm upstate like Rover. Right. Ouch. Ow. <laughs> oh, that's tough. No, but you're right, Corbs. Five Final Four is a national championship. Like, second most wins of all time. 47 years at one college. Nobody's yeah. probably never going to do that again. No, and there, and matter of fact, I was watching, like, when we were uh, on break. I um, I went on ESPN and watched it. They were uh, Tony Kohenheiser and Michael Wilbon on PTI were talking about it. He's been a part of SU basketball for over 50 years. Between going to school here, playing – assistant coach he was assistant coach only for a couple years before he was given the head coaching position um he's been a head coach here for 47 years um now everybody's like well i think we talked about this before it doesn't matter who you put in there they're never he's never going to be jim mayhem whoever is there right now and it's going to be adrian autry which okay that's understandable he's been the assistant coach there for for a while um but they will bond and corners were going over it i mean they, they, there's only Joe Paterno, 47 years at Penn State before he was, uh, before he retired or was fired, whatever you want to call it. Um, Connie Mack for baseball, coached 50 years with the Giants. Don Shula only did about 30, 30 something, 40 something, 35, something like that with the Baltimore Colts and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so there's not many guys. Vince Lombardi only did like I think they said like thirty something years with the Packers. And guys don't coach like that anymore. You don't see that anymore because coach guys, it's the you know what have you done for me lately type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I look. There's only been four se- in forty seven years. There's only been four seasons where they have not made the NC two A or the NIT in the same year, and this is the first time in back to back years they haven't made. They won't make either tournament. As far as they're saying, now I don't know about the NIT, but they're not in any of the brackets. I find it hard to believe that they're not one of the top 100 teams in the nation. And it's and it's SU. It's a they're a draw. No matter who they play, they're going to draw in fans. You either love them or you hate them, but you're going to go watch them play. At least that's what that's at least that's what I feel about it. You're going you're going to go watch them play no matter what. But they're not going to make they're they're slated not to make either tournament. So it's the first time. 
in 47 years that they have not made either tournament in back-to-back years. And he's only done it four times that I haven't played in any of them. So that's, that's a pretty, I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty astonishing to have gone I, that long. I have a question since yeah. you're, you're more up on this than I would be. Yeah. Is there any possibility that the reason the past two seasons have been bad is because of the players? I, I'm just, hear me out. Right. When when you're a coach like that, I mean, you pick the players you think are going to do good, and if they suck, it's not like you can change that if they all aren't <laughs> that good. You can't, you can't fix that, even in that year, right. unless somebody else is coming up behind them. So has his coaching actually gone downhill, or is he just getting a raw deal here? No, his coaching has gone downhill. And you're right, it, it does have something to do with the players, but last year he had his two kids on the team. Jimmy and Buddy both played on the team. They had Cole Swindell. They had a great team last year. They should have done a lot better than 16 and 17. They should have done a lot better. They just didn't – They he's become enamored with the three-point shooting. That's all they do now. But that's – and that's across college basketball. A lot of teams certainly shoot three pointers, or <clears throat> or that's what they end up shooting as three. You know, they, they attempt more three pointers and whatnot. Um, you know, but his his coaching has gone. To answer your question, his coaching has gone downhill. He's not making the right decisions. Um, I think he should have gone away from the zone a little bit more. I think teams have finally figured out the zone, and he needs. So you need. I think you need. You need fresh blood in there now. So hopefully Autry will come in and do, and do something a little bit different. Um, the, the guy that's his uh, assistant coach this year. Um, <clears throat> but no matter what he does next year, Autry, if he wins the whole thing, well, it's still Bayheim's team. Right. They're still going to say that, oh, well, Bayheim could have done that with this, with this team and whatnot. If he, if they don't make anything, well, he's not Bayheim. You know, it's all it's always going to be like that. I don't care who you put in there. It would be better to hire somebody from off the street, not even anybody associated with the program at all, and just give them the job and say, "Here you go. You good have luck. free reign. Yeah. yeah, good luck. You have free reign. You're, you know, you're going to be fired in two years because you're not going to do anything with this team. You have to get. You're going to have to get ten. 15, 20 years out before people will not know who Jim Beheim is. But people are always going to know who Jim Beheim is. He's been synonymous with SU basketball for 50 years. So no matter what happens, you're never going to be Jim Beheim. Same thing with the guy at Duke. You're never going to be you're never going to be Coach K. No matter what you do there, you could win 15 straight national championships and you're not Mike Krzyzewski. Mm-hmm. Same thing with SU. You could be the you could you could have a run of 15 straight years of winning the title but you're not Jim Behan. So no you bring up a good point Corbs nobody like the game has passed him by people have developed the two three zone they know how to beat it but um I didn't know this this is pretty impressive you probably know this but SU basketball of course football is a bigger draw in the college sports but Syracuse basketball Syracuse New York is the biggest college basketball arena in the country? Believe it or not, I can see that because they play because they play in the dome. Mm-hmm. And if 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 they put the dome, if they put the the court mm-hmm. in the middle of the dome, you get fifty thousand people for the football game. 
Then you can fill that the bottom of that. You could easily 75,000 people in that dome to watch an SQ basketball game. Easily. I don't know why they don't do it, but. He'll be impressive, though. Like you said, though, like he is a great coach. Like even Tom Coughlin came out. And he's like, oh, yeah, Jim Beheim was my um, RA in college. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's been around Syracuse forever. Yeah, he's he's coached 23 first round NBA players. He's had 23 first round picks in the from guys that have gone to the NBA. Um, I mean, it, the list is it goes on and on and on of the guys that he's coached. The mentors that he he's he's been he's been a part of. Patino was here as a as a assistant coach. There's a whole bunch of guys that were here as assistant coaches that have gone on and had great careers in coaching. So you know he's his his reach is far and wide. He is synonymous with SU basketball and always will be. The court's named after him now. So you know it's just one of those things. At some point, I think Manly Fieldhouse will be. You know, the Carmelo, it's now the Carmelo, whatever it is. But I think at some point it'll be Jim Beheim house or whatever you want to call it. The, you know, it's just that's what the, this man has meant to this program for 47 plus years. So, you know, hate, well, to see also, him go, hate to see him go out the way he's going out. But um, it seems like he's being unceremoniously let go. But given the, the chance to to make it his way. Like he's just he can just say, well, yeah, I decided not to come back, as opposed to them actually straight up firing. Because I think if he if he doesn't say that he's retiring, that he's going to be fired. And again, how do you fire a guy who's been there forty seven years? Right. So because if 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 you're the guy that fires Jim Beheim, you'll never you'll never get another job anywhere. If you're the AD right. that fires him, what do you do after that? It's like the it's like if it's like if you fire Coach K. Or if you fire John Wooden, you know, you, you, you can't fire these guys. These guys have to be able to leave on their own. They've got to be able to walk away. So they, I think they just kind of said, yeah, you, you, you might want to go. So we don't have to do this to you. So I think he was trying to get to 50 years. He was trying to get to that magical number, but just not going to happen. So. No, but Corbs, it's also too impressive. You say he means so much to the Syracuse basketball program. Also, when Coach K coached the Redeem team in 2012, who was the first coach that Coach K called to be on that uh, team with him? Yep. J- Jim Beheim. Yeah. He's so he's got with, a couple gold medals. Yeah, he's coached with he's coached with Coach K for the for the Olympics uh, every every year since then. Every time that they play Olympics, Beheim's part of the. He actually the 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 NBA players run the two three zone in the Olympics. And he, he brought him there to, to teach him that. And, you know, he's made, you know, he's got, you know, he's coach, he's him, him and coach K great friends. You know, he's made a lot of good friends and a good uh, contacts, but, you know, and he's, he's big in the area. I mean, he's got the Jim and Julie Beheim foundation around here. Um, he I think he's still going to be part of that stuff. So uh, I did see somewhere where, um, Somebody said that the Big East tournament should invite him so that the Big East fans can give him a proper send-off from the Big East. Without Jim Beheim, there's no Big East. Without Jim Beheim and John Thompson, Luke Karnaseka, there is no Big East. He's the one that – he was the one that – him and uh, John Thompson created the Big East between SU and, and Georgetown. Without the, those two teams, there's no Big East. 
conference. So what if they do really well next season? And then after a year, he comes back and forces himself back into the program and then threatens to sell it to someone else, but doesn't and just shows up at random games with a mustache. <laughs> that would be awesome. Kevin's really confused. <laughs> yeah, you're on mute, by the way. You know that, right? Okay. He knows. <laughs> he knows. sure he knows. <laughs> so, and then I, uh, for other sports related stuff, uh, I watched a little bit of wrestling over the on Monday and Tuesday. You did? I did. <laughs> It's weird. Actually, uh, so I was sitting out here. I bought a new TV for my living room. 58-inch TV from uh, Walmart. Mm-hmm. Is it broken? It's not broken. I haven't broken yeah. it. I haven't been yeah. anywhere ladder, been no ladder near it, so I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was watching it on Monday night with my son. And uh, and it broke. <laughs> and we threw things at it. This guy long ago <gasps> break it. Son of a um, was watching the was watching Raw and uh, so I I mentioned this text to Paul this you know it's official that Seth Rollins and Logan Paul are going to wrestle at WrestleMania but so we were sitting here and, and my my son was kind of half watching it or whatever and he's when they mentioned Logan Paul he started to go oh my god this guy's doing wrestling now he's such a tool bag or and all this stuff and I'm like oh great so at least you know who somebody is so. Hmm. And he watched, you know, he was watching it. He's like, oh, you know, he, he can't be that good at wrestling. I said, well, here, let me show you something. So I showed him the, the clothesline. Oh, the, the buckshot. Yeah. Yeah, with him and Ricochet. And he, he saw it and he went, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, he is actually pretty good at this. And then I showed him the crown jewel. When yep. he uh, did the with reins off the uh, yeah, yeah off the with a frog splash yeah yeah I showed him that so he was like oh he's actually not too bad at this so um so yeah it was that was it was pretty wild watching that and I texted Paul right away I was like yeah that that's an official match now even before it became official like I I mean we've all talked about it and we, you know that it, you didn't know. I call that didn't I call that spot weeks ago. Yep. I said it was going to be Seth Rollins and, mm-hmm. and Logan Paul. Logan Paul, yep. And Seth Rollins is going to win. Don't forget. Yeah. So, and then I watched uh, I watched Roadblock last night, NXT. Um, just because I, I was watching it. Uh, I watched uh, Roxanne Perez in... Pass Out? Yeah, okay. I, I, I watched it. I, I don't know if it was kfab or if it was real it looked a little bit like it was kind of made up because she kept opening her eyes and looking at the camera easy kev (laughs) (laughs) and stuff like that like she was moving her arms and she kept looking up at the camera like almost like oh my god the camera's still on me and she'd close her eyes again so i don't know if it was real or if it was something i don't know um I think I said last night when I was watching it because my son and I were kind of watching it. And uh, I said, yeah, that doesn't look like Because, I mean, like she passed out face down and they rolled her over, you know, and then put the neck brace on her type of thing. Everybody knows that you never move somebody like that. You always put the neck brace on first. That was everybody's big thing 
you know, every time something, something like that happened many moons ago in wrestling, you know, when they rolled somebody over that had some apparent injury or whatever like that, and they rolled them over, they're like, well, you don't move somebody who's got injury without securing them, at least their neck. And they were like holding on to them and rolling them over and but I like paralyzing people. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I kind of was like, yeah, that that seems a little fake. You don't, you know, I saw my son the same thing last night. So, um, and of course, it was on like all over Google today that you know she passed out and she was taken to the hospital and and whatnot. Shawn Michaels came running out and Booker T was all concerned. And so, I don't know. But they they were talking about them wrestling on Saturday night, like uh, at WrestleMania. The, there is something during the day, uh, in the morning of WrestleMania on on, on th- that Saturday, NXT has like their own show. Okay, well, they, like yeah. I said, they were they were talking about it because she's supposed to wrestle, um, JC Jane, and I'm assuming Gigi don't want to wrestle. They wrestled last night, and Gigi won. So I have a feeling that that's gonna that's gonna keep going on toxic attraction style and stuff like that without Mandy Rose. But so that's that's it for the wrestling. The wrestling. I just gotta say, Paul, did you watch the Iron Man match from Revolution? I did not. Holy shit! Um, so I'm gonna say MJF. I mean, he he might have done something shady at the end. But you know him and Brian Danielson. They, I mean, they really went. They, he's only ever wrestled a thirty-seven or thirty-eight minute match before, and people were worried he was going to get blown out. It was good from start to finish. Nice. Wasn't that? Isn't that also the match where he threw a drink on a kid? Yeah. I love, I love that. <laughs> I never waste drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so All I'm right. done. Okay. Well, then let's uh move it right along to uh Jack's favorite segment. His erroneous questions of the week. Yay, the questions. All right. Hugh, one through four. Three. All right, your question is insects. Incest. No, it's <laughs> insects. And then family was like well, bugs. yeah, they're probably right. Yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead. What type of insect only comes out on prime number years, like two, three, five, seven, and eleven years? Cicadas. Yeah, good one. All right. Oh, there you go. Kev. One. Classic eighties movies. Oh boy. Ooh. There you go. So, what year did Marty McFly send the car back to in the future? What year oh, did he Jesus send Christ. the car back to? 1985. It was based in 85, but what year did he send it back to? Oh, what year did he send it back to? He wasn't um, based off of 1985, but what year did he go oh, back to? Oh, it was... I think I know. It was 50-something, wasn't it? 50, I don't know, 56, 57. Take a guess. 56. No. 55. 55. October 
You're close. 15th. I was close. Was you said 1985. I'm like, come on, 30 years back. You almost got it. I can't remember. For, yeah, I can't remember exactly how far back. Yeah, whatever. So, but it was October. Was it 15th? I, I don't so. know. I, I believe you're right. Yeah. And okay. then like GC Penny parking lot or something. I don't know. All yeah, right. Twin Pines Mall. Twin Pines Mall. Because when, when it comes back, it's Pines Mall. Lone Paul Lone Mall. Pine. Uh, yeah. Lone Pine Mall. Yeah. Lone Pine Mall. Yeah. I might have seen it a couple times. Yeah, we all. How <laughs> about Corbs? One or four? Two or four, you mean? Oh, two or four. That's right. Uh, two. Roots around the world. What type of berry is uh toxic to dogs? A berry. What kind of berry is toxic to a dog? I want to say, I think boysenberry. No. no. Take another guess, though. Blackberry. No. Dingo. <laughs> no. <laughs> you were uh, Cub. Marionberry. <laughs> <laughs> A snozberry. Alderberry. <laughs> no. Just a cherry. A cherry berry. <laughs> Cherry's got oh. the pits and. Uh, and Paul gets oh. my favorite question, and this could be the title this week. Okay, so you get two guesses. So these are alternate names for animal body parts. So I need the type of animal and the body part. So what is a vibrissy? <laughs> it is... Um... The stink gland on, on a skunk. No. If you want to guess again, or anybody can else guess, what is a vibrissy? Is it the tendon under the tongue? No. It's what animals use to make zoodles out of zucchini. <laughs> no, give me the also give me the animal that you think it's under the tongue, but it's not under the tongue. Oh, I didn't know that was part of the answer. It so, is a... um. Bears epiglottis. <laughs> no. Corbs? I got no idea. Believe it or not, some of you have this type of animal. I don't, I don't believe it. It's a cat's middle toenail. No. It's the cat's whiskers. Ooh. So that will be your vibrissy. I just like saying that word. All right, you're up. <laughs> I'm up. Yep. Oh, in other words, it's done. Oh yes, yeah, segment done. <laughs> no more questions for, for you. you. <laughs> All right, so then I guess it's time for me to give out my uh, weekly topic, which is yet again another bureau of truth. Since I'm having fun with these, uh, you're this the is... only one. <laughs> well i enjoyed the last week one. Yeah, last thank week, you jack i like last week last week was good all right so once again your two options are a definitive proof that the mandela effect has happened or confirmation that we are living in a simulation think about that and we will discuss it after the break stick with us guys
looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. So your two options for your Bureau of Truth this week are definitive proof that the Mandela effect has happened or confirmation that we are, in fact, living in a simulation. Do you need any um, explanation on what these are, guys? Sure, go for it. All right. The Mandela effect refers to a situation in which a large mass of people believe that an event occurred when it did not. The term was originated in 2009 by Fiona Broom after she discovered that she, along with a number of others, believed that Nelson Mandela had died in the 1980s when, in actuality, he died in 2013. And the simulation hypothesis is the idea oh, that you, our... You, you forgot about the, the, the most interesting part of the Mandela effect, what it is, why they think that it's happening. Go ahead. You're right, because that well, wasn't what, in the, the thing. Yeah, right. what they think is that there are alternate universes, and sometimes shit gets weird. And while there may be a me over there, sometimes you can pop into another universe, and you might not notice it because it's so similar. Maybe the only thing in that universe is that Nelson Mandela didn't die in the 80s, and you don't even realize it until you run into it. An example, the Berenstein Bears. You know, I'm one of the people that remembers it being spelled with an E, but apparently it's been spelled with an A the entire time. I don't remember that. Right. Um, so they, they think that we're kind of like jumping universes, sometimes back and forth. Anytime anything like that happens, I look at my wife and go, I've been fucking Mandela effect again, affected <laughs> again. Um, and there's a ton of these examples, even down to C-3PO's leg. Yeah, because I don't remember it being a different color. No. And they say mirror, mirror, like magic mirror or something like that. There's a ton of these. Yeah. Kevin, you're looking at it's funny. You haven't heard the Star Wars one? I don't think we need to go there right now. <laughs> he just wants us to be done. So 
No, I, 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 I don't, I don't know that I can speak to either one of these, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. Where was I? The, the explanation for the simulation hypothesis. That is the idea that our physical reality, far from being a solid physical universe, is part of an increasingly sophisticated video game-like simulation where we all have multiple lives consisting of pixels with its own internal clock run by some <laughs> giant artificial intelligence. Simulation theory explains some of the biggest mysteries of quantum and relativistic physics, such as quantum indeterminacy, parallel universes, and the integral nature of the speed of light. Hmm. whole lot of words that I never thought would be said on GeekPad. Uh, Jack, why don't you start us off? Um... Well, both topics you're gonna anger mo a lot of people because like a lot of yeah, it's like like it's like last week a lot of people are gonna be angry. But I'm glad you brought this up. So the Mandela effect it actually is kind of interesting because there was a guy actually I was reading an article today. Um, he was like mentioning things that are gonna happen in like history and all that, which is weird. Like he's like isn't he's like maybe not in our universe, but maybe in another universe. He's like keep an eye on February twenty first, two thousand twenty four. Not our universe, but maybe our another universe. Something will happen, which is totally weird. About holy this. shit! So he said somewhere in the alternate universes, something's going to happen on a day. Yeah, he gave specific dates, and he <laughs> said basically maybe. And he's thinking in our universe, this one. So keep this one in mind. What was it? May two thousand twenty nine, two thousand thirty. Up. Uh, what was it? Two thousand thirty. World War Three will break out and not in this universe but be in another but by 2000 oh, shit we'll never be able to confirm i know i know but in 2037 the war will end and a second baby boom will happen growing the population way too high so i don't know like this guy says he's claimed he's gotten other things right but he doesn't have the facts but like these are things that he's might happen in another universe but i was reading that today i'm like could this happen and but with the Mandela effect, when you brought that up, I was like, I was thinking about that a little bit. So I was like, that's kind of interesting. So a World War Three, the population going too high, and then something will happen. I don't know, February 21st, 2024. Maybe a Hugh takes the massive shit up that's going to be the biggest in the world. I don't know. <laughs> so, so which do you which do you believe? I'm going to go with the Mandela effect. Because like um like there's so many things like about that I'm gonna believe in that one. Okay. Why? Why? Because there's just so many of them to um, talk about. So like there's so many theories about that one. You can go in so much detail, greater detail about it. Because like for the longest time, for one of them, for example, was that mirror. Well, I always thought in Snow White it was mirror mirror on the wall, but it's like magic mirror on the wall. After you listen to it a couple times, you're like, wait a minute, this this can't be right because you were believed to something and then this can't be right. But it just messes with your head too much. It's just a big mind fuck. Because people are too stupid to yes. quote it no, correctly. No, no, it's Kevin. The, these are things that are, that are a little bit different than misquotes. These are things that people have very specific memories tied to. Now, you weren't on the show when we talked about this. So let, let me give my example. Go back to the Berenstein Bears, okay? I specifically remember as a kid asking my mother why Berenstein was pronounced Berenstein when Frankenstein was pronounced Frankenstein because they're spelled the same. 
very distinct memory because that confused me. I was, I've always been into the classic horror movies, so I watched them with my dad when I was little, and I didn't understand why it wasn't Baron Stein. So I have a specific memory. We fast forward 20, 30 years, I find out it's never been spelled S-T-E-I-N. It's always been S-T-A-I-N. When I saw it at first, I looked up, I'm like, oh, maybe they changed the spelling or something, and then I find out it's never been spelled that way. These are the kinds of things that people are, are attributing to the Mandela effect. Mm. Now, if it, was, if it was just something that I didn't have a specific memory, I just misremembered because that can happen but it, it's mass amounts of people it's big enough that it's it's on social media enough people remember that spelling of berenstain bears um for it to be a thing so that kind of makes you wonder does that mean i'm going now i guess so yes okay. might as well so so as far as which one I would reveal to the world, um, man, I don't know if I would reveal either of them because I feel that either one is going to cause mass panic. The Mandela effect, people like, you know, uh, I can do things and maybe I'll flip to another universe and won't get in trouble. With the simulation, people will be like, whatever I do doesn't matter. I think both of those could potentially end in riots and chaos mm -hmm. and ridiculousness. Um, I will comment, though, on the simulation theory. I've seen tons of articles pop up saying, you know, top scientist thinks we're in a simulation. I never click on any of those, but it's stuck. I, I was like, one of these days, I want to click on one of those to read about that. And the other night, something happened. I don't know that I remembered that. And I started thinking about Assassin's Creed. And I was like, because I'm always, not that my wife will use this, but I'm always thinking story ideas, you know, because she's a writer now. Right. And I'm like, what if the next Assassin's Creed game opens and you're playing as Cassandra from, or, or let's say Ivor from Valhalla? And it backs up, and then you see some people playing the game. And then, like, a plane lands on their house or something, and they all die. And then they wake up, and they find out that they themselves were in a simulation, and the company that was running it, you know, far in the future, highly advanced, thought it would be funny to put a simulation in the simulation, you know, basically two two steps of it. I yep. was like, you know, that, that that's a neat idea. Uh, but, you know, I got thinking about it. I'm like, what do we do? What does my daughter play? The Sims. Mm -hmm. a, a, a civilization or people sufficiently further advanced than we are, what would their Sims look like? They'd look like us. Not specifically right. us, hopefully. Well, no, they may specifically look like us, Paul. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at our level of technology, The Sims is what we can come up. We can come up with more, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if you talk about a civilization that's a millennia, two millennia, you know, a million years ahead of us, what what would their simulation look like? Who knows? Right. Yeah. Like how how sophisticated? Yeah. And we could both be aware of it and unaware of it at the same time. We can talk about it as a possibility, but we'll never be able to prove it. It right. would explain the Mandela effect, though. Because every system has glitches. This is true. So by revealing one, you could end up revealing both. Yeah. Ooh, look at that. Kev, well, with I, the perpetual scowl, you want to go? I would definitely reveal the that we were in a simulation. Because as a kid, I always wanted to be in the game Tron. Mm. Tron. I wanted to... I wanted to... I wanted to race one of the light cycles. Yes. You know, that's not going to happen if you tell everybody in the world they're in a simulation. 
They're just going to burn shit and steal shit. <laughs> but I get to drive a light cycle. But <laughs> well, why do you think revealing that means you get a light cycle? Nothing changes. But <laughs> my perception might change and my light cycle might appear. <laughs> just fucking give the man his light cycle. Jesus Christ, you. That's all I want. <laughs> I want to grab a bar and have it turn into a motorcycle. You know, you'd no. get one and you'd be like, man, this doesn't handle as well as my regular motorcycle. <laughs> right. well, they handle very, very differently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cards, what do you think? I got no opinion. <gasps> Opinions are like assholes. Exactly. So you've you got one. You just call me an asshole? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm the same though, same as Kev. I, I, it's this living in a simulation because you know, not for the light cycle side of it, but you know. <laughs> Do you want a light? I was, cycle? I was more thinking like the Matrix side of it type of thing, you know. I need somebody oh, to compete against. So, I don't know, but you know, I I think you're right. Either one of them, you're gonna fuck up society, and people are gonna people are gonna ma- go mass hysteria, and you're gonna have riots and. Marshall. And then three generations later, people find out they have Vikings in their bloodline. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what it, that's that's me. So what if what if the simulation is that you're the only real person and everything and everyone else around you is fake? Is is the simulation? I would I would find that odd because that means they'd have to be running eight plus billion simulations at a time if if everyone that you see represents a real living person somewhere else. That's a big electric. That's not what I said. Oh, so you're saying that you're the center of the entire universe? You are the only thing that is real. Everything else is a simulation. Well, that sucks. See, is not real. Wouldn't it suck? But you know, I don't know how that could happen, Kev. Just, just if you follow so me think here, it, think about it like this: okay. you, some guy drives by you on the road, and all of a sudden they turn right, and then you can't see him anymore. How do you know they kept going? Maybe they just dissolved into the simulation. I, that's true, but this would have to be such a sophisticated um, simulation. It's got to be drawing a ton of power all this stuff why would an advanced civilization do all of this just for me you're the last one if we had that kind of technology i don't think that i would be the the last one i hope (laughs) we don't you're you're talking about this being some something in the future you're a pet oh shit you know what all they could do extract my dna and clone me I mean, they, they wouldn't need to run a, a giant 8 billion person simulation you're, just for me. You're the last one. Everything else is just a computer. I think it's more likely that we're all in the computer. Kev, are you just saying you're the last one so you can get your light cycle and go everywhere? I might not be. Maybe <laughs> I know you I'm are, saying. Jack. I could maybe be. you are. I could. Maybe Corbs could. I'm just saying. Maybe you're a rogue program sent here to make us all think we're the last human and spread that so we all kill each other. Like a virus. Jack's gone. Maybe. <laughs> oh, what do you got? So, um, I, I would go with the, the Mandela effect just because I would like those questions answered. Because there are ones that of the examples, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I do remember it that way. 
like the Berenstein Bears, I remember that way. The the C three PO one, I definitely remember him being all gold. Yeah, not having a silver leg. He was all gold. He had a no, no, he no. I know, I know. I the movie. I I had to go back and watch it too. I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. I had the 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 C three PO that that came apart, you know, and went in yep. the fucking bag and stuff. He didn't have a silver leg. Nope, he was all gold. Or the, yep. So that that's the one I would want to do. Like destroying civilization, be damned. I I I wouldn't need to know. And that's why I would never be on this board of the Bureau of Truth because I'd be very selfish about all of it. <laughs> like I, I just need to know. I, I I don't care if it's gonna you know burn down Chicago. I <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> you would know then you could just jump to another fucking universe right Whoop. <laughs> all right. would just be hopping universes destroying them just because you know doesn't mean you can actually do anything about it right I agree with that as well and I yeah. would jump to one where I'm a fucking rich <laughs> I don't know who rich is but is he okay with it <laughs> Corbs what if you find out there is no universe where you're rich you're exactly the same in every universe well, he said pretty. he's fucking rich. He didn't say he was rich. <laughs> if he's rich, then he's getting fucked by some guy named Corbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. Uh, there you go. All right, guys. Let's uh let's let's get ready to bring this thing home. Guys, what have you been watching? Already kind of said what I was watching. Yeah. All right. Um I want to give a, a shout out, and I know you'll hate this, but uh, I know that Laura watched the last two episodes of Supernatural today, and um, it was very emotional. So, you know, I, I, I'm with her, you know, I, but outside of that, um, what are we? We're still watching. We're, we're in season two of Stargate. Um, is there anything new? I don't think there's been anything new we've watched. Survivor came back. Nice. And Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming everyone's at least seen episode one at this point. I'm caught episode up. One. I'm not. I'm, I'm at one today. because Wednesdays at... suck. Zero. Okay. I don't, Kev, you're still watching Bad Batch, right? Yep. I I'm not caught up though. I didn't watch this today, but I watched uh, last week. Yeah. But um, yeah. no. Um, those are good shows, and also um, Forbes probably knows this. One of my uh, favorite writers, Mitch Album, he um did a couple good books when um. That I like to read Tuesdays with Maury. But um, I showed Emily this weekend the movie The Five You people. read them every Tuesday? And who's Maury? We've never heard of him before. No, that was a best uh, a bestseller. It's a very good book. Very um, good book. Very good book. Um, and then um his follow-up was The Five People You Mean Heaven. And um, very, very that, good. Oh my god, I read that in two days. And then I I showed that to Emily, the movie. And um, John Voight, believe it or not, starred in the movie, which was kind of cool. So you had a really cool cast. Uh, but that movie, though, you were up, you were down. Um, but for one more day, though, Mitch Album, if you guys are looking for someone to read, he when you read his books, though, like you will not put those down. Like, and he does, they do TV adaptations of movies. But the Five People You Mean in Heaven was arguably one of my favorite books, and it was a great movie too, as well. So. Very it's not cool. a very long read either. It's definitely it's neither one of them are. They're very good books and very worthwhile. You've read them, Kev? Both, yeah. Yeah. Did you read for one more day? No. That's another one he's done. And apparently, um, he actually in 2018, I didn't know this. It's called The Next Person You Mean Heaven. 
So the girl that he pushes away from the ride when it falls and the five people mean heaven, she comes up to heaven and he actually gets to meet Eddie. So actually I might pick up that book and I want to read that book, I think. So I thought one more day was a tease until they actually did a monthly of it a few years later. No, that was a good book, too, because I got that for my dad because he never had a good relationship with his mom. And it's about a guy that has a troubled relationship with his mother and they try to reconnect and all that. And this uh, Mitch album really tugs on the feels, though, for reads, if you're looking for something good to read or watch, for sure. Are there Sorry, zombies in it? No. Nope. Fuck that. Kev, Pretty thank cool, you for so. helping me with Pretty this. Cool, so. The five <laughs> people you meet in heaven is like a staple, um, I think. If you if you like to read at all, it's it's very worthwhile. Like you Let said, me. it's not a long read, but like literally you can't put it down. It's like, holy shit, I read like 200 pages in like two days. This is what I'm reading. The complete works of HP Lovecraft. Oh wow. Big oh. even has one of those uh things that yeah, those things that help me Please. keep my page. That's neat. Nice. I thought it was going to cut out a page of, in the book and have a sandwich inside. Those are my it books. Does. That's, it does. Those are what? Those are the books I have. It actually has a candy bar in there. It's, actually, it's that book's big enough. I could probably put some meatloaf and mashed potatoes in it. It's an emergency. <laughs> Maybe candy even bar. a pot pie. Some pancakes. pancakes. Who's up pancakes. next? Who's up next? Corbs? The only thing I watched is I uh, finished watching 19. 23. Uh, there will be a second season for that. Nice. Uh, so, and they're coming out with another one, 1944. <laughs> so, wow, it's like those games with the airplanes where you shoot shit. Remember those, Paul? Yes. 1942, 43, <laughs> 1942, and I don't know. Yep. Yeah. So it was good. Uh, Harrison Ford and, and Helen Keller. Uh, Helen Keller, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Helen Keller. Helen <laughs> uh, We're fantastic in it. So, uh, Robert Patrick's in it. Yes, uh, Robert Patrick's in it. So, uh, it was it was good. Um, so but that's all I really watched. So I I hear Helen Keller was surprised her acting career did so well because she just couldn't see herself doing that. Mm. <laughs> well, you got it. You're... Took you a while to get there, but it's Helen Keller and Rich show now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt him. I would have said it before, but he kept talking. So. Which is usual. I don't usually talk a lot. Right. What? <laughs> Listen, uh, I I do want to I do want to say this. I know I said it probably last last show or whatever, but if you guys if you guys get the chance, watch Dark, um, Netflix original, uh, three seasons to it. Um, definitely watch it in its native language, which is German. With subtitles, um, and and then then follow it up with 1899. And it, it, I, I'm telling you, the writers, directors, they just they knock it out of the park. They keep you guessing. Three seasons, they keep nice. you guessing. Third, the third episode from the end, we finally figure out what the fuck is going on. For sure, for sure. I mean, and you, you get a, you get plenty of opportunities to guess, and it nice. gets revealed. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you this, that it's revealed way before that that episode. If you're really paying attention, 
you might catch it. Interesting. So you said it's three seasons, Kev. How many episodes in a season? There's more than eight. I want to say maybe ten. Are they hour long? Yeah, about that. It was, they're so good. It's so good. They do a phenomenal job. They really get you to care about the, uh, the, the primary characters. Nice. Very, very interesting. Very different way to, to handle time travel. Very different. Cool. What are you watching, uh, Paul? Uh, the Last of Us. That's it. And uh, the first episode of The Mandalorian. That's that's all I've had time. And I watched uh, part of an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event from 1985 the other night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, could you talk about that at length? Did I or could I? Could you? I don't know, seeing as I only watched part of a match before I was done on the treadmill. I was I was watching stuff while I was That's going. not what you're supposed to be watching on the treadmill. Yeah, I know. I switched over. It's I, I had something in my head about watching a Roddy Piper match and I didn't even get to a Roddy Piper on it. Uh it was it was Hogan and the junkyard dog against uh the funks. That's what I was watching with with Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart at Drinkside. Um but the only thing I, I want to address that we didn't say yet about The Last of Us is that the final episode airs this coming Sunday for season one. So um, it seems like we've still got a long ways to go before they wrap anything up. So Who says they wrap anything up? There's a second game. You got to figure it's going to be somewhat tidy somewhere, right? Uh, I'm I'm not figuring that. It's no spoiler, but they said it's only 43 minutes long. It's the shortest yeah, episode of the season. Hmm. Okay. You know, walking through the apocalypse is walking through the apocalypse. I mean, it's this is true. Walking just, for just, just because they have a goal doesn't mean they're going to get there. This is also true. I mean, oh, when you say of, this is when you say this is true, you should be like, "This is the way." There's that. <laughs> walking Dead did it for eleven seasons, never got anywhere. Yeah, they got they got to a bunch of spinoffs that are coming now. So. But uh, that that's all I got. Does anybody else have anything to add? All right, then. Well, let's bring this thing home. I think it's nugget time. Oh, all right. Pro tip. Always borrow money from a pessimist. They won't expect it back. Good night, everybody, and mega by me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. production.